Welcome to the Happy Startup School Community Podcast. So this, uh, I just listened to this episode right now and I really love it. It's a long one, it's a 55 minutes um, and it's me talking to one of our mentors, teachers, advisors, friends, uh, someone who's been instrumental in how the Happy Startup School has evolved and developed and his name is Charlie Davies. We talk about his clear ideas process and what that means um, and how that can help people uh, do the work that needs to be done so yeah listen on it's it's worth listening all the way through uh, and I think it's going to be one of my favorites just click record and things start recording how are you anyway I'm good good I had a um really nice call with you know tash stallard yes uh really good call with her this morning we haven't uh chatted for quite a while so we could get properly stuck into stuff <laughs> and uh nice yeah she she knows my work pretty much as well as i do now so i finally have someone who can take me through it <laughs> yeah excellent yeah well that's the beauty of i think this stuff thing you created there it's um well it's, it's a practice yes it's not necessarily something you've achieved and you don't need to do it anymore oh fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um how are you man um today feeling a little overwhelmed hmm. um in a in a good way, in a bad way, in lots of things that make sense that I I need to do, uh, and if I do them, it will move forward with things that need to be moved forward with. Mm-hmm. But then it's finding enough hours in the day, yeah, to do that. Um, so yeah, it's one of those. Ah, oh, I need. To, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. But just don't have the time to do it. Which means saying no to things that maybe. You want to do but aren't really as necessary yeah 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 of course yeah like this podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> really want to do it but it isn't going to necessarily change certain things that need to be ch- oh they could but that's the other thing but the other thing it might do the thing i need it to do if that makes sense yeah well do, do we need to do this <laughs> i need to do this uh, and I need to do this because it was an intention of mine to do this. Um, it's something that when I do it, I always get energy from. Uh-huh. And um, and I think it also, well, and the other thing is it it, it fulfills my intention to contribute. And I think any, all, any of these conversations that I have, particularly think, conversations that I think like this, yeah where I believe very much in the work yeah. and I be- and I benefited from the work. Uh, I feel anyone who listens to this, uh, if, if a light bulb goes off and they think, ah, oh, I need to do this, yeah. then, then it satisfies my need for contribution. And, um, and bearing in mind your, you know, feeling of, uh, overwhelm and, and time pressure and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. do you need to do this now? Um, no, but at the same time, even if I didn't do it, I would probably still feel overwhelmed and time pressured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's um, 
the amount of space it would create <laughs> isn't enough to be useful <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and uh, yeah the amount of space it would create would not be useful but the amount of energy it would give um would definitely counteract some of that feeling all right good yeah so uh, it's really a case i think for me of just settling in feeling present with the conversation um and then letting it flow yeah you good with that like i feel um uh last few workshops i've run i've been nervous at the beginning uh in a unhelpful way and mm. um and uh i'm noticing like ah oh, so the thing i just i actually just need to stab that in the head um mm. get past it and uh i listened to your call with um is it alan who did the money one? Oh, alan wick yeah uh and it was great so great um and uh just brilliant just really really lovely um oh thank you and uh um and I felt nervous, like, oh man, you're so, you're, you're both like, you sound so together and like, <laughs> you know, uh, not sane, sane, you know, and like reasonable and like, and it's like, oh, what if I just like, blah, 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 blah and I'm all over the place and <laughs> can't say things and stuff. Um, so i'm (laughs) feeling that uh a bit um and also uh it feels really nice to to be here and talking to you like i so the the i feel the, the the best podcasts um are the ones where you feel like you're 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 in the room listening to another couple of people talk. Yeah. And you're just sat there listening to a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and so while there's an intention for me to, to hopefully share something useful for someone who's listening to this, yeah. and I've got a clear picture of who that is, it's also yeah, you just sat around the table Good. listening to a couple of people just drone on. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and some of it's actually quite interesting. Uh, and the other stuff, well, you know, it's a nice place to be at the time. It, 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 I, I'm wondering if is this the first time that you and I are actually making time to have a conversation where it was your invitation? Ooh. Ooh. I can't think of another time that I have. Yeah. I kind of feel like there should be. Yeah. But yeah, potentially, potentially you're right. Yeah, and that feels really nice. So, feels like I've invited you in yeah. to fiddle with my mind. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I've, you've invited me in uh, as your guest uh, mm-hmm. to help you with what you're bringing to the world. That's a lot. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, this is the reason why you're in my life. Is like you put things in a way that just sound just go to the heart of it, really. 
rather than scaling around the bollocks that are like, yeah, it's uh, me trying to be a bit funny. No. no. It is, it is, I think, and this is quite interesting, and I think we're going to go into it now. Yeah. Where um, it's, it is having that clarity. And when, when, you just, when you just said that, it just reminded me of that phrase that we crafted together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and to be honest, it was very much you and Lawrence mm-hmm. talking together about what is this happy startup school thing. And, I, and there's this sentence that springs up, uh, Lawrence has used quite a number of times, something you said, basically something along the lines of, if you're a web design agency, I have n- we have nothing in common. <laughs> if you're the happy startup school, we have everything in common. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so, and I, I have very clear pictures of that room. It was that, um, it was, yeah, it wasn't a particularly inspiring room, white walled room, table, you, me, Lawrence, some paper, a set of cards, and some questions. And that was, I would say, my initiation to this idea of very clear ideas. Yeah, I I remember it really, really clearly as well. Like it feels like a kind of indelible uh, scene, you know, Mm. where like we came in, we sat down, uh, quite kind of formal in a way, you know, you two on one side of the table and me on the other. And... uh, (laughs) And then just going through the the routine, you know, just going through the process as as normal, and yeah. and having that magic moment where it goes from like, okay, we found some useful things, right, and we've uncovered a few more useful things. Okay, we've got some useful things, uh, and then getting to the sort of hidden bits of it, um, and then hitting on the line, you know, mm. of. Um, you know, yes, you're supporting entrepreneurs and you're trying to build a community and you're, you know, blah, 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 and, and all of the things. But actually to say that it's about uh, creating spaces where people can find their role in this life, in their in this world, before it's too late. And, uh, and hearing that line mm. in a way sort of flawed all three of us. You know, where like I might have been answering, asking the questions, and Lawrence might have been the person saying it, but uh, it was a line where the three of us could feel the import of it. You know, like oh, okay, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that is that's that's a thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Actually, and and to be honest, at the time, I didn't quite own it. No. And it felt like, yeah, okay, that, that means something there, but I didn't quite own it. But over the past, it must be, what, three years now that we've been uh, we've known each other? Yeah. For, well, not known each other, but since that, that, first, that first session, I've, I've always come back to that. That is the phrase that seems like, well, what is it? What are we doing? Well, you know, we're here at summer camp. We're here at, even online. What is the, what is the core of the purpose, the thing that we're trying to do here. Yeah. And I, I, I can't think of a better phrase to really explain it, really, that, that seems to apply to everything. Um, and I think, so for people listening, um, this is a part of your process of helping people get very clear ideas. And so I thought, what would be a good starting point 
Well, there's two ways we can take this. I thought one thing we could explain what the very clear ideas process is, but I thought what might be good is what happens when you don't have a very clear idea. <laughs> what <laughs> what inevitably happens? So, from your experience and the people you've met and the situations that you've come across, maybe a a, a story where you can uh, replace the names to protect the innocent. But what? What happens when you don't have a clear idea? Oh man, um, <laughs> it's it's just that you do the wrong work. That that's all it is. Like sometimes you don't need a very clear idea. You know, you are perfectly clear. You're kind of in a state of flow. You're just naturally doing what's needed, being led uh, intuitively by you know what you feel is right, moment to moment, and staying entirely true to you know your your purpose. But um, but more and often, more often than not, in in the reality of everyday day life, that's not how it feels. That um, it's so easy to forget what you're doing or why you're doing something, or to be led by what someone else is doing or what someone else thinks you should be doing, um, or to be led by what you've done before or what other people have done before, or by what you like. Or by should, you know, like, oh, I should mm. do this. Or, well, you know, no, 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 no. Um, what's normal? What's this? What's that? By assumptions and prejudices and all of that. And, um, and you know, the, the whole idea of being clear is this idea that the point of work is to get what you need. You know, the point of work is to, to kind of give what you need to give. Um, and that's a personal thing. You know, there is something that you need to do. And the thing that you need to do is your work. Um, and so if you're doing things that you don't need to do, then they don't work. They're not satisfying because you don't get what you need from them. You have, you don't get the chance to give what you need to give. And so you end up, uh, you end up unsatisfied. It's unfulfilling work. So the results aren't there because you're not doing the right work. And the experience of it is exhausting because um, you're spending part of your energy on doing the work and part of your energy on trying to ignore the other part of you that's telling you it's wrong. Mm. Um, and, and, and like. So that's actually. I was going to say that it's quite that's fascinating because just earlier today I was talking to someone. She's she's a member of the community. She's going to be launching a podcast. Her work is around resilience, mm -hmm. but she was talking about the kinds. Well, I was trying to say, so who is the podcast for? Who are you trying to work with? And she was talking about the kinds of people that she was said to talk about, like lawyers, doctors, accountants mm -hmm. that are burnt out. Yeah, and they don't know. They need the well. They don't know how to quit. They don't know if they should quit. They don't know why they should quit. But essentially, they're doing the work. They're getting drained by it, and also the work suffering. Yeah, yeah. And so they're persisting with something, but they don't know why. Yeah, is what I've got from it. Yeah. And I, I think it's because, you know, I, you can call it the difference between like creative work and not creative work. 
like not creative in not talking about creative in the sense of like you're some magical artist you know creating a painting and that means you're creative and and everyone else isn't um but the the work of being creative means doing work that is coming from like shaped by motivated by uh you you know mm. by what you are committed to by what you need by a result that you're holding on to kind of personally that you're taking responsibility for and that you're finding a path to you know that you're completing the steps and um and i think when we're doing in that definition when we're doing creative work you know when we're working in a way that's clear then the work feeds us as much as we feed the work because each step we take is actually meeting a need for us you know um like uh you know you make the effort to lift up the fork and put the food in your mouth but actually each time you do it you're a little more full so it's like really fulfilling work um and uh, and work that's what work is that's what work naturally is you know that you you do what you need and that means you get what you need um mm. and so rather than work being like a, a labor you know a, a travail a, a thing that like is just a, a cost to you that you then need to be compensated for um work is this sort of uh it's like a fulfilling relationship with the world where you're in each moment you're kind of giving and getting Mm. I think that's the thing. Yeah, so actually the way you put it there just makes it much more clear for me. Having this idea of work where you spend the energy and then at some point later someone compensates you for that spent energy yeah. as opposed to work where you're you're expelling energy in a certain way but getting that immediately back yeah. because of other things that's happened. Yeah. And I think there's a really, there has been in the past a really prevailing story that that's not possible or not desirable or, or idealistic or, or something like that. And I think more and more what we're finding is that the other story, the, the one as you laid it out of like, do some work and get compensated later, that's the one that doesn't make sense. That's the one that doesn't work. It, do, it doesn't work. You know, the, you can be a brilliant, like you say, lawyer, uh, you know, doctor, um, uh, artist whatever but if you're trying to work in that way where you're like well I don't want to do this and it feels hard to do this and like everything in me is telling me not to do this but I have to do this because later I will get something else in compensation for it uh, it destroys you you know and like you say that you suffer and the work suffers you know it's just not a sustainable story so this the the word that always pops up in my mind when when you talk and talk about working that way is is this the sense of alignment yeah um and i i think of so you know thinking of us as things people beings whatever we want whatever you, word you want want to use for representing a human person kind of made up of multiple bits you know the simple thing is the head the heart and the body um, but if the head wants to do one thing and the heart doesn't and the body can't or mm. where things aren't really all moving in the same direction, then it becomes effortful. Yeah. But I get the sense that when all all parts of you are are wanting 
to do this thing. And I, I think I'm, what I'm clumsily trying to do is bring it round to the work you do in asking your questions. Yeah. Because yeah. I was always confused. You got all these weird questions. Yeah. You ask me <laughs> about the thing I want to get clear on. I was like, what? why do I have to love this? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of root process, you know, at the heart of this work of, of my work of being clear, you know, there's, um, uh, there's this process of the, the very clear ideas. Um, and it's just seven questions. And it's just asking, you know, if you're, if you have a piece of work in front of you, you know, if you've said to yourself, well, what I think I need to do today is this and this, you know, build a house, uh, make some dinner, uh, start a company, whatever it might be that you ask yourself, okay, is this what I need? Is this what I need? Um, is this what I need to be doing? And you don't just ask, is this what I need? But you ask, is this what I need? Is this what I want? Is this what I demand? Is this what I love? Is this what I wish for? Is this what I dream of? Is this what I live for? And like you say, it's like, well, why are you asking me all these questions when they're basically all the same question? And, in, and they are basically all the same question, which is, what are you doing? You know, they all, they're all just different ways of saying, what's the idea? What are you doing? Um, but the reason that I uh, ask people those seven different questions is that they, they basically get us to... A, deliberately adopt slightly different uh, standpoints when we're looking at the work, looking at it from slightly different perspectives um, so that um, we don't just look at something through like an emotional uh, way of looking at it, say, or we don't just look at something in a practical way, but that we look at it through sort of multiple lenses. And... I don't uh, don't suggest people do that just for the hell of it, but because I think that's what we do anyway. I think when someone says, you know, do you want to buy this thing? Do you want to read this book? Do you want to, you know, do this bit of work? I think somewhere in our mind, we go through those different ways of checking. You know, we are kind of looking at things in a practical point of view, an idealistic point of view, or a um, kind of personal point of view or a um, emotional point of view and um, but normally it's it's not systematic um, like in certain situations we'll look at things in a more emotional way and other situations will be more practical or with different people we'll talk about things in a more emotional way or a more practical way and what that means is if we keep on only seeing things through one or two or you know three of those perspectives but not all of the other ones then we don't see the full picture um, what it means is if we're talking to two different people who want to help us and we tell one of them the kind of emotional version of what we're doing and tell the other a very practical version of what we're doing they might end up with two totally different stories about what we're doing so we don't get consistent help and uh and it's the same, even if it's just us by ourselves. If I wake up one morning and I'm feeling really emotional and I'm waking up the next morning and I'm feeling really uh, kind of rational, then I'll do, it'll be as if I'm working on two different projects. Mm. And so what I find is if I sit down with someone, I take them through the process, I ask them the questions. Uh, if I ask them, okay, you know, when you think of this work that you want to do, you know, what do you need? What do you want? What do you demand? And, and so on then uh, normally we end up with seven answers. You know, there'll be seven different answers. 
Um, what that means is that they're effectively day to day working on seven different projects. <laughs> and what that means is that the project takes seven times as long. I have this image in my head. I mean, you know, when you go into a supermarket and you get the, the, the dodgy trolley with the wheels that just all want to go in different directions. Yeah. And you're trying to push it forward yeah. and it's just like going all over the place. It's just so knackering. Totally. You got you got this seven wheeled trolley. Yeah, right. So you're yeah, exactly. You imagine it's each wheel you're putting tons of effort in, but they're all pointing in slightly different directions. So the further you move in one way, the more difficult you're making it for the other way. And so of course you burn out. You know, of course you're stuck. Of course everything feels really effortful. And um and it's just uh magic and powerful and like so <laughs> so obvious that like mm. if you can uh bring those things together and find one line that sums up accurately no matter how you look at it exactly what you're doing then there's so much power in that mm. you know so it's like it's not having a very clear idea because you should have a very clear idea for the sake of it. It's that if you've got a yeah a trolley with seven wheels all pointing in different directions and trying to pull them all in different directions, of course the natural consequences of, of that are that it's exhausting, you know. Mm. Um, and the image I always think of is uh, imagine that you're trying to chop down a tree and you have the axe and you whack it into the side of the tree, and imagine you hit the tree a hundred times in a hundred different spots. Then you've, you've just kind of shaved the bark off one side of a tree when what you really wanted to do was chop it down. Whereas if you manage to just hit the axe on the same point every time, a hundred times, mm. then you just go straight through the tree. Mm. And so it's, you know, can your work be like that? Can it be that like you have super focused? Yeah, just this single pointed concentration on the the sole goal of the thing, you know, and, and not a goal as in a destination out there that's like the compensation that you do things now in, in exchange for, but a single point of focus of like what is the work? What am I doing? So that in every moment you can be doing that thing, and by doing that thing in every moment, the the work becomes effortless, and the results uh, arrive. Um, you know, hundred times faster, and uh, and the work is fulfilling moment to moment because it is in that mode where, uh, like you put it, you know, you're you're investing energy, but you're drawing energy in every moment. You know, the um, I, I think of it like uh, you know, you talk about like what what do you do for work, you know, mm. but it's also like what does what does your work do for you, like mm, um, exactly. What, what is the what is doing this work actually doing to me? You know, when I wake up in the morning and when I do this for eight hours a day or whatever it is, not just looking at the you know the results and the output in the world and like what did my work you know pointing outwards what did it achieve, but also what's the effect it has uh, on the person doing it. I, I, that's going to be my new question. I say, forget what you do for a job. It's like, what does your job do? For you? Oh yeah. And and I can probably get loads of people going, what? Carl, Stop with the uncomfortable, weird questions. Yeah. But going back to what you said about <clears throat> that clarity, mm. that focus, mm. 
uh, and it not necessarily being a destination or something you're going to achieve but for me it it's the the phrase that gives meaning to what you're doing so like the way i understand the phrase we came up together with was creating spaces that help people find their role in the world before it's too late the way i can interpret that now is like whether i'm on doing a podcast with you right now mm-hmm. hosting a webinar mm-hmm. creating an online course mm-hmm. going to altitude and running a retreat being at summer camp and and running that event you know for myself and lawrence all of those are very different activities and the very different things but then when you sit down and you think what is this in service of ah we're creating spaces mm-hmm. and we're helping people and the purpose is for them to find their role uh, and we're going to do it now because if you don't do it now <laughs> you might regret it yeah it's like you know so i was a a features editor back in the day and i learned a lot about briefs you know writing a brief for a piece of work um mm. so you know you have a, a freelance journalist come in and and they say they want to write about this thing and you give them a brief you say uh so long as you do this this and this then uh i'm happy and uh, and if they come back and they go i decide to do something else then i'm allowed to, i'm allowed to say well i'm not paying you then because you, you didn't do the right thing um whereas if they come back and it's something that i don't like but it's exactly what i put in the brief then i have to pay them and i have to apologize um mm. and so it's it, i i can i think i under i learned then the the um importance of a really clear brief you know, mm. and the cost of especially when working with other people you know when you're asking for help asking for the right help uh but also with yourself you know being like learning the discipline of um sitting down and taking a moment to say okay what am i doing you know what what do i mm. think uh the work is uh such that if it's done i'm fulfilled you know it's fulfilled and um i love that that kind of making making a deal with yourself or making a brief for yourself yeah because if you're not then what are you doing mm. you know and uh and so that thing that you said of the you know um the one liner for the happy startup school uh project mm. the idea is that that's a brief for the whole thing and that any piece of work basically if anyone is doing anything that helps um make spaces in the world uh such that people can find their role and uh before it's too late then they're helping bring the happy startup school into the world you know whether they're an employee or a customer or a, a podcast listener or whatever you know by by listening or by uh having a conversation or by showing up to a workshop or by hosting a workshop or whatever in as far as they are contributing to you know creating those spaces where people can find their roles uh they are doing the work of the happy startup school um i think that's you know when you when you're talking about creating that brief creating that focus you know making that brief feel like when you look at it from all the different directions it, it it's the right thing <clears throat> i think that's the that then also becomes the thing that energizes you to do some of the hard work in a sense maybe the stuff that doesn't necessarily give you the energy straight away but is is the thing that's pulling you forward 
Is that a way of putting it? Yeah, and it's really important to say that it's not the line. You know, the words don't matter at all. Uh, mm. It's about uh, kind of diagnosing something. It's about mm. um, all of this is only about something that's inside you. You know, it, it's actually what we're talking about is subtle energy. You know, we're talking about something that moves in you. You know, that's alive in you. Uh, that I think the, the most sort of um, uh, everyday way of talking about it is appetite. You know, when you have an appetite to go skiing, then like, of course you have energy to do it because the appetite is there. You know, when you have an appetite to go out uh, and go to a club or something, then like the appetite, you know, yeah, like, you, said, you know, if you, oh, so, you know, if you have to get on a bus and you have to go there and you have to do this and da, 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 if the appetite is there, then that, like you say, hard work it isn't hard work mm. because you are no. kind of driven forward by this appetite. And, uh, and mm. it's, but it's definitely not, it's not like a, a kind of, um, if you're sort of using the line to, as a kind of excuse for doing work that's bad, then mm. you're doing it wrong. So if you're like, oh, well, you know, this is really exhausting and it's really tiring and I don't really have time and like, you know, I'm not really seeing enough of my family and blah, blah, blah. but in the end, I know that the point is that we'll be able to do this and this, then you're doing it wrong. Hmm. Because uh, what's true of the, the whole project is true of any part of it, you know, and so you have your, your brief for the whole thing, hmm. but you have your brief for every piece uh, and every piece can be. Uh, should be something that you need and want, demand, and love, and wish for, and dream of, and live for. I I love the, you, the that use of the the word appetite, mm. um, and is it, because also is that feeling, like uh, it isn't just oh I conceptually know that's what I'm going to do. It's like uh, I, I I want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I'm hungry for right. that. And I think uh, for me at least, when I think of um, going to school and switching from doing 42 minutes of maths to doing 42 minutes of English because a bell rings, uh, that didn't instill in me the habit of being led by my appetite when it came to getting things done. Mm. And, uh, and I think it's something that um, is so important in the way that work works now that we do have to be led by our appetite. You know, if you're uh, working at home, if you're starting your own business, if you're, you know, if you have a, a lot of responsibility without someone micromanaging every move that you have, whether you're in a sort of corporation or, uh, you know, a small business or uh, you're an artist or whatever, like you need to know how to make decisions by yourself. Mm. And that means being able to use your intuition. You know, it means, uh, and not in a like magical, you know, sort of sensing into the void intuition, something or other, mm. but just literally uh, knowing what you need without having to look it up. Somewhere. I think where you just said actually using your intuition, I, th I think that's for me a light bulb moment around what this work does because I, I for a while i didn't you know using your intuition trust your gut i i kind of conceptually understood what that meant but in the same time it's like what does that mean to trust your gut mm. and what i feel your very clear ideas process does is it 
it trains you to understand what is it your gut is telling you. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of the, it's a practice that at the beginning, and particularly for me, I found clumsy, I found difficult, sure. didn't really understand what it all yeah. meant. But then the repeated practice of it, one, it, it made me understand more what the work was about. Yeah. But two, the repeated practice, it became like muscle memory. Yeah. And then it sounded like, ah, this is what it means to to follow things in, intuitionally. <laughs> this is what it means to be true. You know, this is what it means to be able to uh, be led by what I need. You know, this is what it means yeah. to have sovereignty. This is what it means to be creative. This is what it means to be clear. You know, like um, the questions don't matter. The process doesn't matter. Very clear ideas doesn't matter. You know, my work doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's you know when you say say like muscle memory it's that it's that this is a natural aptitude that we all have you know when you're uh standing at the cooker making dinner and deciding how much uh you know spice to put in or something mm. like you know maybe you look at a recipe but like really you're being led moment by moment you know and like does it need a minute more does it need a you know a minute less like you're paying attention and being responsive and and we do it you know like uh, on a Sunday morning or, you know, walking in the woods or whatever. Like we do it all the time. We're listening for what we need and we're, we're responding to it. And, um, and it's, it's a totally natural thing. And maybe it's a thing that, that some of us, it might've been trained out of us and we're kind of training ourselves back in. But, uh, the purpose of the work is, you know, I love it when people sit with a, a little deck of very clear ideas cards and go through the questions and explore them systematically and test them systematically and arrive at the sentence and write it on a card and put it on their desk. But more than that, I love when people don't need them anymore. Mm. You know, when yeah. uh, that contact between your kind of conscious mind planning what to do and your the full, you know, wealth of experience and expertise that might be in your kind of unconscious mind, that it's all just there and available and that you're uh, in a good relationship with it and, um, and that the work is flowing naturally from, the, from who you are. Yeah. yeah. I think this is, well, for me personally, and I'm guessing there's some other people out there like this, um, when I looked at business, when I looked at work, that didn't fall into it. The idea of, of you know, trusting your intuition and your gut just didn't sound right. Um, but I think the more, and for some bits of work, it might, you know, it might not link as clearly. But I, I think the more and more people work in a world that feels more uncertain, or you're doing work that doesn't have a clear defined goal at the moment, mm. or a clear defined end, clearly defined end, because whether it's a startup or a creative business, or you're working with people, yeah. um, then more and more this way of being and this way of looking at how you you act or decide on how to act feels much a much more important. But b the only way to cope, or else you just burn out. Yeah trying to decide yeah. systematically every time and the reason it's 
it's how to be clear. You know, the reason I talk about how to be clear rather than you should follow in your, your intuition and, and trust your gut is because, you know, your, your gut is half the story or it's a seventh of the story or whatever. You know, you should yeah. trust your gut, but also your heart and also your head and, you know, that, uh, yeah. you know, kind of don't trust your gut. You know, don't, definitely don't trust just your gut, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it knows some things, but it doesn't know everything. Um, and so it's more like listen to your gut and your heart mm. and your head and, and everything. And um, because in the process, you know, it's not just that you uh, ask the questions. You know, the, the very clear ideas process isn't just about exploring your ideas. It's about exploring your ideas, trying to refine them down to a single line and then testing that line and checking like, okay, uh, I think my lovely one-liner, you know, that sums up my business project is uh, to create spaces where people can find their role in the world before it's too late. But is that what I need? Is that what I want? Is that what I demand? And so, like, letting the, the gut speak, letting your, you know, the fullness of your intuition speak, but then also let, letting your, you know, conscious mind check it yeah. and then refine it until until there's nothing left to listen to. You know, and that's the beauty of it. That's the treat in it, is that um, the process has, has an ending. You know, that when you've got the answer, when you've listened fully to, to uh, what you need from the work and want and demand and the rest of it, then there's nothing else to listen to. You know, yeah. and and then it becomes part of you. Is that what it, it, well, it's that that bit of the job has been done, and you can then turn to actually taking steps. And, and then do the other half of the challenge, which is like, great, I know what I need and I want and I demand, and I've committed to it, um, but now I have to meet the rest of the world and, and see what happens in my efforts to, to bring it. Yeah. And that's why I feel there's the, well, in my experience, it's, it's then the reactions and the feedback and the stumbles and the falls uh, and having something to go back to and say, okay, that hurt but it still feels right um uh and also i don't don't know whether it potentially evolves because you try things out you do things does it evolve or would that is because the the clear idea is so clear and so fundamental it it kind of sticks so uh your view of it might become clearer that's what happens Mm. is that um okay uh it might be that you're pretty clear at the beginning but then you meet your very very rational friend or your very very emotional friend and they like illuminate that part of it for you even better than you could yourself and you're like oh my god it's not this word it's that word you know might be this tiny Mm -hmm. tiny difference or this tiny detail in it and that changes Mm um but what you're uh, alluding to or what you're asking about of like, does it just stay the same? I think kind of technically what's happening is that when you're asking the questions of, uh, you know, what do I need and what do I want and and all the rest of it, um, what you're doing is trying to articulate a commitment that you've already made. Mm -hmm. That um, unless there's a commitment beforehand, there's nothing to find. 
you know, so when we were sat in the room, you, you me and Lawrence, and I'm asking the, the questions of him of like, you know, okay, what's this project about? Uh, you know, where's it come from? The, if there's no commitment, you know, if he's not speaking from a, a commitment, then there are no answers. Mm. And so um, there's a, it's a very deliberate, memorable moment, I think, when you make a commitment to something. And it's, it's, um, it's a thing, you know, Mm. and, and that stands, I think, I think that's why that a clear idea can be enduring through the life of a project that even if the circumstances shift and things like that, the commitment that you made at the beginning, uh, can last until the need is met, whether that's after a week or 10 years or a hundred years or a thousand years. And I think that's kind of bringing it round now i was i was thinking about anyone who's listening to this who might be starting an idea or considering starting something new mm. um being able to create that that powerful commitment that will move them forward and and help them understand intuitively what the work is that needs to be done mm. and do it in a way that gives them energy mm. rather than just depletes mm. them but I'm also thinking of that example. There's the the burnt out GP mm. who 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 can't, does, sees a bleak road ahead. And I think I think of three options: you either you lump it, you leave it, or you somehow make it work. And it feels like you know whether you're whatever profession you are. Um, you lump it and you just bear the cost and essentially a dreary time forward. You leave, you leave it, but then you're jumping from somewhere that you don't like to somewhere that's even more uncertain. So to be able to leave it, it feels like you need to have a clear idea of where you want to go in order for something to pull you away enough. Or you you stick with it. And in that sense, it's like you create a clear idea of what this bit work should be about for you so that you can do it in a way that gives you energy and you you know how to go forward and everything else makes sense is that is that a, a fair use of or application of the idea i i think so yeah um the i think the thing to emphasize is that this process isn't actually about inventing anything it's not about creating something uh and it's not about you know when you say like how do you create that commitment that will power you forward kind of thing Mm. it's it's not really about that it's about uncovering what you've already committed to because if you've committed to nothing then it's fine because then there's nothing to do you know Mm. it's when you when you've committed to something then then you have the options like if i've committed to something either i have to uh take the steps that mean i meet the commitment or i have to suffer the feeling of the commitment being there and me not taking the steps and the, the need remaining or i have to let go of the commitment and I think 
the and I think all three, you know, talking about disciplines and talking about practice, all three are vital. Like, if we go into the world and teach people that they should have a purpose for their work and they should uncover what they're committed to and then they should go out into the world and, and, and do it, uh, we're uh, we're creating mischief. You know, we're probably creating as much harm as good because. Um, you know, if you have, if you go from having a not very clear idea to having a very clear idea, uh, but then no way of leaving, <laughs> <laughs> then then you know you're stuck, and it might be even worse. Um, and so, I think the real power comes from understanding that what we uncover when we ask ourselves, "What do I need? What do I want?" That that what we uncover is something that we committed to. You know, the feeling is there, the appetite is there because we committed to something. And that we realize that if we've committed to something, but then we're not true to it, then the commitment will make itself heard. You know, and I think that's part of the the burnout, you know, part of when I I know I've, I feel it all the time where you go off, off course and the work you're doing suddenly feels a bit less exciting or like over time you feel a bit less nourished by it. And then you start to get these feelings of, you know, kind of guilt or resentment or shame or, or insecurity or, or whatever it might be. And actually it's because I've lost sight of the original commitment mm. and, and those feelings of, you know, of maybe like uh, really common, like anxiety and frustration they're actually the commitment trying to kind of turn itself into action. Mm. You know, it's that appetite trying to make itself, you know, trying to express itself in the world. And so um, if I've committed to, um, uh, I don't know, you know, running a marathon, and then I start training for the javelin instead by mistake, then every day when I go out and I'm training for the javelin, if I've still actually committed really wholeheartedly to running the marathon, I'm going to get this stronger and stronger feeling like I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't right. <laughs> and like, and I can read the books and I can get all the sort of motivational mm. speakers and I can improve my time management and get up earlier to do the javelin practice and things like that. But I'm going to have this overwhelming feeling that's going to more and more be like, Oh God, Oh, this isn't helping. <laughs> and, and if we don't know the map, we don't know what to do you know we just end up reading out more self-help books and, and then burning out but if we know the map then we can be like oh right i'm doing the work but it's not satisfying maybe i'm doing the wrong work mm -hmm. and then i can check and be like okay well hang on what did i actually commit to in the first place oh i committed to running a marathon <laughs> like uh, yeah. what am i doing today training for the javelin again is this helping no mm. uh you know what what would help you know if i'm running a marathon next week what do i need to do what do i want to do what do i demand to do and um and i get back on track yeah. and uh and so that's the one option and the other option is if i'm if i've been doing the the javelin practice for a couple of months and it's feeling really weird but actually i'm really kind of quite getting into the, the javelin yeah. then uh i can just go hang on what, what did i commit to in the first place i committed to running a marathon i actually i don't want to do that anymore <laughs> and so then I, I drop that commitment, mm. and and then the drama has gone. Then I'm not being, you know, I haven't got a, a 
trolley with wheels pointing in different directions, one to javelin and one to marathon. Uh, yeah. They're pointing in the one direction. And uh, and the thing to the thing to realize to remember is that dropping a commitment is very very easy. Mm. The difference between I am running a marathon and I am not running a marathon is just saying I am running a marathon or I am not running a marathon. You know mm. that like when you're trying to navigate through a city and then you get to a road that's closed. There doesn't need to be any drama when you're like, oh, okay, I won't go down Bond Street. I'll go down Oxford Street. <laughs> you just switch. Yeah. And, and so I think it's, it's another thing when we, when we understand the simplicity of the practice, when we understand actually how work works, mm-hmm. then it works because we know like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. This feels like this because there's a commitment I'm not listening to. Okay, so I listen. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, do I still want to do that? No. Okay, so drop that. Next thing, you know. Um, it just I can well, imagine a number of people being triggered yeah. by that yeah. sentence. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, what? What? Do I have a commitment? What are you talking about? You can't do that. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, I, I feel there's a lot more that we could cover, particularly around that and how that relates. And it also relates to your yoga, identity yoga work. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think you touched on as well how these clear ideas can relate to creating clear deals, yes. so whether it's with yourself or with other people. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> if people want to find out more, there's going to be people out there who are going to be like, whoa, I need, to, I need to find out more about this. And I know having had you at summer camp and talked to a few people, they've their their worlds have flipped and they've seen things in a totally different way always in a good way uh always in a good way it's been a struggle for some but it's always meant that but the commitment has been there and that's the thing they found what that commitment was so if they wanted to find out more about your work where where do we want to point them so go to howtobeclear.com uh howtobeclear.com and um and there's like a little bit of information about the work there and a kind of introduction to um, what it is for me and, and how I ended up doing it. And then there's also a link there to uh, Medium, where I have a um, mm. Medium publication called How To Be Clear. And, um, and on there, I've basically published everything that I've written about this over the last uh, six or seven years or something like that. And there's a lot, there's a lot of material there. And, uh, and so you can just read and read and read. And then there's also the course uh, in terms of, yeah, and I've been part of it. Um, you you run these online courses where you help a group of people get clear together. Yeah. And, um, and I'm in Bristol these days as well. And, uh, and so um, I work one-on-one with people. I do stuff online as well. And um, it's these things, either uh, getting people clear on something where they're like, I have this new business, um, but I, I can't sum it up in a line, but I wish I could, and I just get them clear. Uh, or there's teaching them how to be clear so that this practice that we've been talking about is something else, something they can go away and use again and again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a smaller group of people that I'm working with longer term who are learning how to be clearers uh, so that they can take other people through this process. Um, and work with teams, work with organizations and, uh, 
uh, and bring that to how, how they work with with organizations and uh, and teaching other people how to to be clear so yeah if, I, I guess in the end it's uh if you can find the answer by reading about about it through the things that i've written then do that and if you can't then get in touch and i'll either help or i'll point you to someone who can fantastic well i'll, I'll put this put the links and the information in the show notes um but uh, yeah i could i could spend all afternoon talking to you charlie but I, 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 i'm sure someone either has missed their bus now listening to this or something's burning on the stove <laughs> as they sat on the sofa pondering all the thoughts going through your head so i let them get back to putting out that fire or calling up an uber um, <laughs> uh, thank you very much thank you, Carlos. that was that was perfect it's it it definitely uh, aligned with my commitment to the work that i'm trying to do uh, and i'm glad even though there are many other things i should be doing today i spent time talking likewise to you. Uh, likewise so much thank you so much carlos Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you want to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, www.thehappystartupschool.com. You'll find out more about our community, the courses that we offer, and also the conversations and content that we're trying to create to help you get clear about how to build a purposeful business without burning out. So if you're trying to balance the money and the meaning, creating impact and avoiding imposter syndrome, then join us and our group and tribe of like-minded, caring, compassionate and flawed entrepreneurs on this journey, trying to work out how to make money, do good and be happy.